right, so we are in this series on prayer, and specifically, we're looking at some of Paul's prayers that he prays for his brothers and sisters in, in the various churches that he helped oversee. Now, we're doing this because we want to be a church, we want to be a community and family that prays big prayers. We want to pray bold prayers, right? We want to be a community that actually takes God at his word. And, and praise expectantly for him to be God, okay? So this morning, we're going to look at what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. Uh, it'll come up on the screens. We're in Ephesians 3, but feel free to use your own Bibles, or, or there's some Bibles around, so, so feel free to, to go there as well. But um, I'll start in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 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 There's a lot in that. It is a meaty bit of scripture. But I actually want to start at the end of it. So verses 20 and 21, it's some of my favorite scriptures. In fact, if I've ever prayed for you on your birthday, I probably prayed Ephesians 3.20 on you because I just love it so much. I think it's great. Because it says he's able to do abundantly more than we ask or think. Other translations say he can do immeasurably more than anything we ask, dream, or imagine. Yes, it is so good. Oh. You know what that tells me? That tells me that we can pray some big prayers and that Jesus is still able to do immeasurably more. We can pray our biggest prayers and Jesus can still do immeasurably more than that. We can't, we can't outdo God. We can't outgive him. We can't outlove him. We can't outdream him. It's impossible. But there's this key clause in that verse that comes right after the immeasurably more. And we sometimes overlook it or forget about it or, or, or just miss it. Because it says he can do immeasurably more through the power at work within us. The power at work within us. What does that mean? What, what, within us. Like, are we, are we powerful? What? what is that, right? You know, the, the very first time that I really heard the Lord speak to me, like, like, not just through a preach or what someone else was, was teaching me, but, but the moment of me and him, you know. I'd been saved about a month, and I'd gone to the most holy of holy sanctuaries, the cinema. 
And I was a camp counselor, so we'd taken a bunch of our campers to see Kung Fu Panda. Now, if you have never seen the cinematic masterpiece that is Kung Fu Panda, I'm going to tell you about it. So also, if you don't want spoilers, like, cover yours. But basically, Kung Fu Panda tells the story of Poe, a panda, and he is a bit of a klutz, and honestly, most people don't really like him because he's just... He just creates chaos everywhere he goes, and he's constantly getting himself into trouble, and, and he's, people are really annoyed at him, actually. But he has this dream to be one of the Furious Five, one of the elite top ninja warriors, okay? Now, the Furious Five is getting ready to fight the evil Tai Ling. I think it's Tai Ling. Tai Lung? Tai Ling. I'm going to say Tai Ling. He's... He's the leopard. He's the bad guy, right? And so this guy is going to come, and he's going to destroy the village and steal the sacred dragon scroll. Now, the dragon scroll has all the secrets of the universe in it, including the secrets to unlimited power. So we do not want the baddie to get it, right? Absolutely not. Through a series of odd, could only happen in an animated film event, Poe, the panda, gets named the Dragon Warrior. So that's the most powerful ninja warrior, and the one that it's prophesied will actually be able to defeat Tai Ling and save the day. So because of that, he gets to open the Dragon Scroll, right, the sacred text. So he unfurls it, and like there's this ha ah, moment, you know, it's like this big deal. There's nothing on the scroll. All, I, I did say spoilers were coming, Pete, I told you. But... There's nothing on the scroll. The only thing on the scroll is a reflection. So he sees himself in the reflection of the dragon scroll. And he realizes that actually that there is no secret to unlimited power. The secret is who he is. That he is the dragon warrior. And so because he's called, he's able, he's qualified, he's equipped to do everything the dragon warrior is called to do, which is defeat the bad guy and save the day. And I'm watching this film with, you know, sticky cinema floor and, and children throwing popcorn and, and the whole thing, and I have this profound moment with Jesus where I go, I'm the dragon warrior. Because what, what I was realizing and what the Lord was speaking is that actually it doesn't matter what, what I've done in, in my past. It doesn't matter what I can't do. It, it doesn't matter that there's other people who maybe are more qualified than me or better trained than me. What matters is that I am called. And because of who I am, that I am loved and called, he has given me everything I need. He's giving me his spirit and his power. So I have everything I need to defeat the bad guy and save the day. I will make it a little more spiritual for you guys. I heard this testimony from a guy who, um, he had been really involved in witchcraft before he met the Lord. Radically saved, cleans up his life, repents, the whole thing. He ends up helping lead a church. And he says that when he was a witch, he could tell who the Christians were before they opened their mouth. Because he could see this light that was coming off of them. 
And he said sometimes the light was so bright that he would see them coming and he would cross the street because he didn't want to engage with it. And he said, if Christians knew how bright we are, if we knew how powerful we are, the enemy wouldn't stand a chance. But we play small. We pray small. We pray these small little feeble prayers of, oh, you know, like maybe you could maybe do this, Jesus. And, and oh, you know, like if you have time, like that would be good. And, or these generic prayers of, of just like bless me and bless the world and cool, you know. We're taught to come boldly before the throne. That's what scripture tells us, that we can go boldly before him. And, you know, I get it. I pray these, these little prayers too sometimes, like absolutely. But when we pray these, these small little prayers, we actually limit God. Because prayer is about partnership. So, yes, he's able to do immeasurably more than than anything we ask, think, dream, imagine. But that means we have to do the asking and seeking and dreaming and imagining. And we can only do that if we know who God is and who we are. So, let me tell you who you are. You are deeply loved by the Lord. Deeply loved. If that's all you get from this talk, if that's all you get from from this Sunday gathering, that you are deeply loved by the Lord, I'm good with that. It's good. Probably the most important thing, so great. But we are so loved by him. It's this, you know, those earlier verses that we read in Ephesians, they actually teach us that we need strength just to comprehend how big his love is. That his love is, is so vast, it's so big and deep and wild and wonderful. But we can be rooted and grounded in that love. And that when we are, we go on to receive the fullness of the Lord. See, there's a cycle that happens in these verses, in this prayer that Paul prays. We pray that we are strengthened in power through his spirit. And then because of that... He comes and he makes his home in us. And so our faith grows. Our trust in him grows. He becomes more and more at home and at work in our hearts and lives. And then because of that, we become rooted and grounded in him. And we start to understand this this insane, wild love. And then as we step into understanding more of how much he loves us, we receive the fullness of God. But the fullness of God is his love and his power. So, okay, so now we're being re-strengthened in power through his spirit, and then that's leading him to make his home even more in us. And so now our faith and trust are rising, and, and we're becoming more rooted and grounded in his love. So now we're understanding and comprehending more and more of how deep his love is, and so then receiving more of the fullness of God, but the fullness of God is, of course, his power. So, okay, so now we're being re-strengthened in his power, and so on and so on and so on. That's what the Christian journey is. It's this constant revelation of his love and his power and who he is. It's a constant revelation of who you are to him. 
and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. There's no end to it. That's what the journey, the Christian journey and walk is. Sometimes the Christian journey and walk can look quite docile or tame, right? Being a Christian, it involves turning the other cheek and forgiving offenses and praying for our enemies. All of those things on the surface look pretty weak. I mean, we we actually sang a song this morning that compared our God to a lamb. Like, a lamb's a pretty weak animal. But he is that. He he is the lamb. He's he's the lamb that takes the sins from the world away. You know, he's he's the sacrificial Passover lamb. He's all those things. And it's so good, and I'm so thankful (laughs) that he is the lamb. He's also the Lion of Judah. He's a lion who roars into darkness and creates beauty from chaos. And we have access to that lion power. The the Greek word here for power is dunamis. It means explosive power. It's where we get the word dynamite from. So we have access to that lion, explosive, dynamite power all the time. We just have to believe it and walk in it and live it out. There's a pastor um, in California called Bill Johnson, and he says that the Holy Spirit is imprisoned in the bodies of unbelieving believers. Oh, did that convict me. We can be believers. We can love God. We can have Holy Spirit because he's the guarantor of our salvation. Awesome, great. But if we aren't letting Holy Spirit be Holy Spirit, if we're not giving him freedom to lead us and guide us and teach us, if we're not partnering with him, he is imprisoned inside of us. Jesus, I just don't want him to be imprisoned in us. Because he, he, he wants to do those things. He wants to encourage you. He wants to empower you. He, he wants to use you to bring everything he is to this world. It's who he is. It's what he wants. He's the resurrection spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And now he lives in you. He's the one in Romans 8 by which we cry, Abba, Father. And who teaches us how to be a co-heir with Christ and more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. 2 Timothy 1.7, you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but one of power. Acts 1.8, that when Holy Spirit comes upon you, power comes upon you. 2 Corinthians 4, I'm going to read this one because it is so good. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. 
struck down but not destroyed. That is the Christian walk. That's what it is. That we could be afflicted in every way but never crushed. We could be perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but never forsaken. That we could be struck down, hemmed in from every side but not destroyed. That is what you are called to. That is what you have access to right now. Why? Because the power of God is at work within you. A few years ago, I was in Kenya, and we were doing door-to-door evangelism, and this woman, she, I don't even know how she found us, but she came and found us, and she drags us back to her house, which is a couple miles away, and we go in, and she starts sharing her heart and everything that's going on in her life, and whew, There was a lot going on in her life. There was some gnarly stuff. She uh, she had a a son who was about two or three years old, and he had a massive tumor on the side of his neck. Um, He had significant impairments, and uh, he you know he's two three years old. He hadn't walked or spoken at all. Um, She her late husband was in a satanic cult. And so there was a lot of demonic attack and demonic oppression against her. The child had been born out of wedlock. Um, she'd had an affair with a married pastor. And so her entire community had completely shunned her for the last three years. And she's saying all this stuff. And I am getting more and more wide-eyed. I'm like... I mean, all I got is Holy Spirit. So, okay, let's pray. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. So we start praying, and I feel the atmosphere start to shift. I feel it start to lighten. And I open my eyes, and I see the tumor start to shrink. Yes. Yeah, you can praise Jesus for that. Yes, yes. It gets even better, guys. So, you know, we pray a little longer, great, say goodnight, we go home. The next morning, we wake up, she's on our doorstep. And I kid you not, I did not even recognize this woman. She looked so different. Her, her entire countenance had changed. It was, she was literally a different woman. And she said all the demonic activity had stopped, so she had slept for the first time, like, in years, basically. She said the tumor was continuing to shrink, And that that morning, her son had said his first word. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. So then she says, so um, I want to be a Christian. How do I meet this Jesus? And I said, yeah, I bet you do. Okay. (laughs) Like, yeah. And so we led her to the Lord, and it was this beautiful, amazing thing. Because, see, she had an encounter with God's power, and it showed her just how loved she was by him. God's power and his love go hand in hand. This this prayer in Ephesians, this passage, it shows us that God's power is inescapably linked to his love. In the kingdom, they're they're one and the same, that, that God's power is his love and his love is shown through his power. Because power without love is tyranny. But love without power is stagnant and weak. And neither of those is Jesus. 
Now, this doesn't mean everything always works out the way we think it should. The power of God doesn't negate the suffering in your life or the suffering in the world. Just because he's all-powerful doesn't mean everything's, you know, going to be peachy keen and, and everything you pray is going to happen exactly the way you pray. That, that's not what the power of God does. The power of God shows us that there is a love that will take you through the suffering. That no matter what you're going through, there is a love that is that powerful that it will see you through it and it won't leave you. That there's an almighty God who loves you no matter what. And he is always for you. Paul knows this. And so he prays it for for the church in Ephesus. And he doesn't pray it so that, you know, they'll live safe, little, nice lives. He doesn't pray it so that they'll live, you know, saved and blessed and great see you on Sunday. Like, that's not what this prayer is about. This prayer is about knowing the power of God, knowing how mighty his love is so that we receive the fullness of who he is, so that the world receives the fullness of who God is. The world needs the fullness of God. It needs his love. It needs his power. And because we know that power and we know that great love, we can change things. We can change the world. We can destroy hell. We can overcome and teach others how to overcome. We can lead them in the freedom that is evident with the Lord, that comes with Holy Spirit. There's this old gospel song called Ain't No Grave. And uh, Molly Skaggs redid it a few years ago, so you might recognize it. But the bridge is, if you walked out of that tomb, I'm walking too. Love that. If you walked out of that tomb, I'm walking too. If you walked out of that tomb, Jesus, I'm walking. Right? Because my resurrection is tied to his. I've been raised with Christ Jesus. So the spirit that raised him from the dead, well, he's given it to me now. And he's given it to you. Yes. He has. And so... Jesus, if you walked out of that grave, I'm coming with you. I'm, I'm walking out of, out of my addiction. I'm walking out of my depression. I'm walking out of my sin, my shame. I'm walking out of everything that tries to keep me down and keep me in that grave. Because guess what? Jesus ain't in the grave anymore. And that means I don't have to be either. That's the truth. That is the power that is available to you. The power and the love of God that showed himself by conquering the grave. And if you are a believer, you have that at work within you. It is a truth. It is at work within you. But it starts with prayer. We pray that we're strengthened in power. We believe that he is a God 
who can do immeasurably more than we ask or seek. We just have to ask. So let's ask.